0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Maybe you've heard this phrase before. Maybe you've said it. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I know why you say that. I know why I've said it. It's very self-deprecating and it is true in part. You have been saved by grace, but man, that is not all that God wants for your life. You are a sinner saved by grace, but there is so much more that the fullness of your faith has for you if you're willing to walk that path with him, even in spite of these outward influences. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Today we will be studying from the book of Colossians in the New Testament. And while we call it a book, it was really a letter originally written to people in a city called Colossae by the Apostle Paul. The reason Paul wrote this letter is because the members of this church were new to the Christian faith and they had many questions. They wanted to know what the gospel was, what they should do with old traditions from their community and faith, and how this newfound faith should impact their lives. The same thing this letter did for those so many years ago, it will do for us today. It will inform us, challenge us, and guide us towards what the gospel really is and how it can impact our lives. Please enjoy the message. Just fail, or very few people. I mean, if you say you want a church to fail, that's just not a good thing. But, but whenever, you, whenever you really desire for a church to thrive, you're a part of it. You sacrifice for it. You love that church because when a church is strong, guess what? People are strong. You're strong. You can handle situations in the world so much better. You can handle your anxiety so much better. Your family is stronger. The community is stronger. Everyone benefits when a good church is strong and thriving. That's what it means to be on the right, the right path. And so as Paul begins to write this text that we're going to focus in on today, what he's doing is he's trying to guide this group of, this group of believers back to the right path because he sees that they're beginning to drift and where they land, the conditions there may not be all that hospitable for them. And so he's wanting to get them back on the path that God wants for them. And this is where our text picks up. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. I love the first part of this. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. That's the beginning. Everything has a beginning. It was that moment when you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that moment when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. It was in a little church in Nebraska Nazarene Church, wasn't many people that went to it, but I would meet with this pastor there, his name was Pastor Dave. And, and it's not good to stereotype people, but I tell you what, if you think of a pastor in your mind, that's what Dave looked like. The pastor Dave just looked like a pastor. I mean, that's what he was born to do. He loved people, but he had this thing about his voice. It sounded like he had a frog in his voice. He was like, Philip, like ribbit, but it's Philip, Philip. And so we, we went through this study for several weeks, and he, and he would talk me through what the Bible said about Jesus and how Jesus died for me. And God loved me so much that he would send his only son for me. And then it all led up to this conversation in which he said, Philip, are you ready to accept Jesus as your Savior? And I'm like, I, I think so. Do you think, what do you think? I mean, I really trusted him. I said, well, what do you think? Do you think I should? He said, I think you should. And I said, oh, well, let's do it. I was, so what does that look like? And he said, well, and then he talked me through this prayer that I could pray. And there's different ways to do it, but you got to do something, And so he began to pray with me and he said some words and I was supposed to repeat what he said and then he said some more words and I said some words and he said some words and I said some words and then eventually it was an amen and and I'm like, is that it? And then all of a sudden I look at him and he's crying and I'm thinking, oh man, should I have done this? Like what's going on here? He comes and gives me a big hug and, and the reason I tell you that is because my life had been leading up to that moment But I didn't want to take that step until I was ready to do the second half of this. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him. In other words, follow through on what you believe. Many of you have had that same moment. Maybe it was with the pastor. Maybe it was with the parent. Maybe it was with a sibling or a friend or someone else in which you receive Jesus as your Savior. When it comes to not drifting, and and you're here this morning, you're connecting with us online, and so I'm guessing you're trying to get back on track or you're still on track. You are are following through on what you believe. And so I'm going to give you four things that Paul talks about in this text here. And the first one is this. If you want to avoid drifting in your faith, you have to follow through on it. You have to be willing to walk in him when it comes to your faith the book the writer in the letter of Hebrews said it this way that we must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away we must pay if you want to walk in him if you want to avoid drifting in your faith, you have to be willing to make that sacrifice. That's what paying does. It causes you to lose something so you might receive something. And what you receive is a journey down the right path. So you have to make that sacrifice. You have to pay the most careful attention. When you say that, whenever you tell somebody to be careful, you tell them that because it's dangerous, because there is a storm brewing, you might say. And so you have to be careful. You have to be carefully attentive to what? To what you have heard. So that you don't drift away. And that requires sacrifice. That requires attention. That requires a bit of caution. But that'll keep you on the right path and keep you following through. Now, uh when I'm teaching a kid to shoot a basketball, and I, I, I share this every once in a while, I coach basketball, share it about every other week, I'm not proud of it or anything, just just once you all know, I coach a team. Anyway, so I teach them how to shoot baskets, and, and as I'm teaching them to shoot a basketball, I, I teach them certain techniques. I'll teach them to catch the ball in the shooter's pocket like this. I'll teach teach them to make sure you have all your toes pointed towards your target because they have this tendency to have their toes pointed in different directions. And I tell them, no, no, don't do that. You want to have your toes pointed towards the target. You want to have your knees bent. You want your elbow in. You want to make sure that you, as your elbow is in, what that does is it creates a V here as you're holding the ball on your fingertips. You don't want the ball on your palm. You want it on your fingertips. And you have the ball right there in your hand and it creates a V that you want to go through your right eye. If you take the V through the right eye, you're going to have a really good chance of keeping everything in alignment. Your toes, your knee, your elbow, now the ball. You don't want to take that V through your shoulder. You don't want to take it through your left eye. You want to take it right through there. And then as you want to, as you release high, you want to make sure that you do this. Follow through. You can mess up a few of those other principles when it comes to a jump shot, but if you get the follow through right, you can still shoot a decent percentage because it's the most critical thing to a good jump shot. You gotta have the follow-through. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8am, 9.30am and 11am. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives and much, much more. Do you wanna know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. It's one of the most critical things to walking with the Lord, to following after Jesus. It's not enough just to believe. You have to be willing to follow through. You have to be willing to walk in him. And then Paul goes on. He says, See to it that, they, that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, rather in accordance with Christ. He says, See to it that no one takes you captive through, through philosophy. Do we have any philosophy majors in here? We got anybody? 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 Oh, good. Good. I'm glad you can support yourself. Um just saying, I'm just saying, you know, you, you don't get far with a, a bachelor degree in philosophy. I just, like, I know it's a little low, but just, just saying. You know, you got to add a little more to it. But here, but I also want to say this, though, if you love philosophy, he's not saying philosophy's bad. Really, at the primary characteristic of philosophy it's not either right or wrong, it just is. But he's talking about a religious philosophy. And he's saying this religious philosophy is empty, it's deceptive, it's exciting, You ever heard a teaching that was a little different than Jesus, just a little off, but kind of in line with him? But it was compelling. It it was so good, you thought, man, I could really like this. This could do something for me in my life. Example of this that came out about 10 years ago is the book The Secret. The book The Secret, just the whole premise of the book is simply this. If you think it, you can get it. If you think it, you can create it. It's the law of attraction into your life. That's the whole premise of the book. And to be super clear, the Bible does teach you that you need to think pure thoughts, holy thoughts, noble thoughts. But you don't think that because of what you will get. You think that because of what you've been given. You don't think that because of what the world might have for you. You think that because of the love that God has given you in Jesus. When you are loved and you know that love and you experience that love and you're changed by that love, you're transformed by that love, then all of a sudden your thought pattern is transformed in your mind because you know that you are at peace with everything. And you think differently, not because of what you will get, but because of what you've been given. And let me just say something. If I were to get what I have been thinking in my life, my life would be a train wreck right now. I have, I have thought of things that I thought I wanted, but thank God God knew better than I did. Thank God that he knew that that wasn't something I needed in my life. That law of attraction is very exciting and incredibly compelling. And it stirs something in you because you think that you can control it because you think that you know what's best, I think I know what's best but we are in God. And this is one of those types of teachings that you gotta be careful to not make it the foundation of your life, which is the second F that we have here. Keep Christ the foundation of your faith. If you haven't noticed all the words that I'm gonna be sharing with you today, start with F, you know, kinda of like my report card. Keep Christ the, f- <laughs> Keep Christ the, the foundation of your faith. In Denver, Just this past week, a house sold in the metropolitan area for the most money that a house has ever sold in the Denver metropolitan area. Mike Shanahan's house sold for $15.2 million in the Cherry uh, Creek Village area. $15.2 million. And all that he had a part of that was 30,000 square feet. I mean, you know, I don't know how you're doing with a couple thousand, but he had 30. So I think he was making it. He had 30,000 square feet, 65-foot pool, the racquetball courts, the poker room, some wine thing that he had. He had all he had, everything that you could imagine seemingly was in this House and so so it sold for fifteen point two million dollars. Incredible, but let me tell you something: if the foundation of that house would have been shaken, broken—not stirred, but you know what I'm saying—shaken, broken, it would have been shifting, unsettled, off. That house wouldn't have been worth. Well, it probably wouldn't have been worth anything. The land would be worth a lot. If the foundation was bad, then somebody would just buy it, tear down the house, and rebuild something else on it. That's how important the foundation is. And these teachings in our world that are so shallow, very philosophical, incredibly compelling, are not a sure foundation. And they will, they, when they are weighed, they will be found wanting. And you cannot build your life on those types of teachings. And that is why Paul said this in 1 Corinthians, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. And so Paul is saying, I'm a builder here. I've laid the foundation. He's not the foundation, but he laid a foundation. And another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, you can't make a, a foundation that has a little bit of a teaching from, from the secret book or a little bit of teaching from this personality on social media, a little bit of teaching from this popular talk show host, a little bit of teaching from the Bible, and then you end up with this foundation that's all out of sorts. That's, that's Paul saying you can't do that. You've got to have a foundation That's Jesus because that's the simple gospel. And so he's saying to this church in Colossae, push aside these teachings about visions and special knowledge and whatever else you're hearing, all of that is shallow, you just need Jesus. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over every ruler and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with the circumcision performed without hands, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. In other words, there was a once a circumcision that was physical, but now this is spiritual and it is of the heart, having been buried with him. And we see this in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And we're going to come back up here to this word fullness. The fullness of God was in Christ. Everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior now has the fullness of God in them, in, in you, in me. You see how we make all this happen, how we avoid drifting is not because of the power in you, it is the power of Christ that is in you. And in that we get to experience the fullness of our faith. thank you for tuning in to hope for the day i hope that this message has been an encouragement to you i know that it has been to others you see it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. Maybe you've heard this phrase before. Maybe you've said it. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I know why you say that. I know why I've said it. It's very self-deprecating and it is true in part. You have been saved by grace, but man, that is not all that God wants for your life. You are a sinner saved by grace, but there is so much more that the fullness of your faith has for you if you're willing to walk that path with Him, even in spite of these outward influences. There is so much more there for you if you grab a hold of that fullness that is more than just being a sinner saved by grace. I mean, the Bible tells us that you are a new creation. You don't have to relate back to that old life, those old thought patterns, those old decisions anymore, that you are a new creation. That yes, you are a sinner saved by grace, but you know what? You are so much more than that. You are the very righteousness of God. That when God looks at you, he doesn't just see your mistake. He doesn't just see your shortcoming. He doesn't see my sins. He sees his son. That yes, I am a sinner saved by grace, but you know what else I am? I am more than a conqueror. Even when all of these things are coming against me, even when people are coming against me, it doesn't matter because even though they are against you or against me, God is for us. That you are a sinner saved by grace, but that's not all you are. That you are gifted by God to serve and help others to lift them up. That yes, you are a sinner saved by grace, but you are still more than that. You are a joint heir with Christ, and there are riches to be experienced. There is peace to be experienced. There is love to be experienced. There is hope to be experienced. You are a sinner saved by grace, but you are more than that. You are a workmanship of God, that He is molding you and shaping you, in those challenges that you go through help you to become more like his son, becoming more mature and complete in him. And you are a sinner saved by grace, but you are not caught up in those defeats because you are victorious in Jesus. That there may be momentary and slight setbacks in life, but that is not where we are left. That we have been brought forward into victory. And we know that because even in spite of death, there is hope. And he's given us all of that in Jesus. Yes, you are a sinner saved by grace, but there is so much more to the fullness of your faith than just that. And he goes on. And when you were dead in your wrongdoings and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him. Having forgiven us all our wrongdoings, having canceled the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them having triumphed over them through him. What this speaks of here, this text speaks into your regret, your shame, your mistakes. My regret, my shame, my mistakes. The things that I did that I shouldn't have done, the things that I've thought that I shouldn't have thought. When we trust in the finished work of Christ, then we are not going to be tempted to drift away from the path that God has for us. We're not going to be tempted to uh, be consumed by those mistakes and those sins. And that is so important for us because when we're caught up in our shortcomings, we forget about this work that he did for each and every one of us to keep us on that path and not be defined by that shortcoming. One of my favorite stories from history is of a man named George Wilson and another man named John Marshall, who was a Supreme Court Justice. George Wilson unfortunately robbed a mail carrier in Pennsylvania in 1829. And this mail carrier that he robbed um, fortunately didn't die, but inevitably it led to George Wilson being sentenced to death. And he was being sentenced to that by hanging. But when the day came for him to be hung, he wasn't. Why? because President Andrew Jackson had issued him a pardon through the influence of very influential friends of George Wilson's. Andrew Jackson said, just spend some time in jail, but we aren't gonna hang you for this uh, capital offense that you have committed. But George Wilson, here's the twist and the catch, wouldn't accept the pardon. Well, the courts not wanting to take away from the credibility of a presidential pardon was tried to force the pardon upon George Wilson, but he wouldn't receive it. He felt like the punishment fit the crime in this particular day. And so it went all the way to the Supreme Court where John Marshall ultimately gave this ruling A pardon is a deed to the validity of which delivery is essential, and delivery is not completed without acceptance. It may then be rejected by the person to whom it is tendered. And if it be rejected, we have discovered no power in a court to force it on him. In other words, if George Wilson is unwilling to receive this pardon, this grace, this mercy that is being offered to him, then we can't force it on him. And friends, that's what we do whenever we reject the mercy and the grace and the compassion that God has for us, when we wallow in our shortcomings. We have a world of people out there that are seemingly rejecting this grace, and that's why that world needs us to share this grace with them. They know they aren't perfect. They know that they have fallen short, and they need to know that there is a God who is not against them, but he is for them. And maybe you need to be reminded of that today as well. He is not against you. He is for you, that you are the righteousness of God. The work has been finished. You are a child of God. Nothing is gonna separate you from that love. Nothing can take you out of his hand. He is for you. He is with you. And so stop wallowing in your mistakes. Stop drifting away and embrace the grace that is the bridge to get you back on the path that he has for you. And that's one of the reasons why we wrap this up with communion because it is on communion that we these words of Jesus make so much sense. And Jesus said, after this, knowing that all was now finished as he hung on a cross, he said, I thirst. To fulfill a prophecy of sour, a sour wine was nearby. So they put it, the soldiers put it on a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And what we want to invite you into in this time of communion is to recognize, to reflect, to maybe even receive that finished work of Jesus. And as we go into this time of communion, if you need to receive it, raise your hand. Our team would be happy to give it to you. And let's have a word of prayer as we go into this time of communion. Heavenly Father, you know where we all are. I pray that we are on your path. But if we are not, Father, I pray that you would grab a hold of our hearts, that you would grab a hold of our Uh, spirits, Lord, that you would convict us to get on the right path. Help us to trust in the finished work that you've gave us in Jesus. Help us to make you the foundation of our lives. Father, may we follow through on all that we believe, and we give you this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close, but my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.